This is just part five of Faith to Live In. We've been five weeks on it, and I don't think we're done. Uh, one thing John and I were talking about today, something that Dad used to always say, and he was saying he had heard, I think, Keith Moore or somebody do a message on it. I'm not going to do a whole message on it, but just a statement that I think we need to understand is that you can have great faith in one area, because last week we mentioned no faith, little faith, and great faith. It's talked about in the Scripture. Uh, you know, it was called out as such. You might have great faith in one area, you might have great faith that you're saved and that you're not going to hell. But there might be another area where you have no faith. You might have no faith when it comes to receiving your healing, but yet have great faith that you're not going to hell. You might have little faith when it comes to God's provision, but then have great faith when it comes to his forgiveness. So you can have great faith in some areas and have no faith in some areas. It's not like a a label that just gets stuck on your forehead that covers everything. And what determines if it's great faith, little faith, no faith, little faith, it can only come from you knowing, having knowledge, and choosing the word pertaining to that provision from God. If you don't know that healing was provided at the cross, you can't believe for it because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if you haven't heard it, or you came from a denomination that taught against it, you can't have faith for it. So we can grow faith, and that's really what we're going to talk about tonight. That's the good news. If you're in a place and you say, I, I have no faith for that, if it's in the Word, we can grow faith for it. It has to be from the Word. You can't just make this stuff up and start believing God for something that is not provided for. It has to be in his provision. I promise you, if it has to do with life, he made it pretty plain. If it has to do with life, it's in here. Anything that pertains to life and godliness, he said, uh, he has provided. It can be developed. Uh, one way we can know, and I think y'all touched on this, one of you, Kelly or somebody, somebody talked about fear, is where we have great fear, we have no faith. And so if you've, if you've got a, an area of fear in you, you know that's where you need to seek out his word on that subject and develop faith and wipe that fear out because fear and faith are both magnets. Faith will draw what you believe to you and fear will draw what you fear to you. And so where there's fear, don't tolerate it. Uh, it's... it's it's the enemy in the house. And so get rid of it, and you get rid of it by building faith and overcoming that fear. So it's good to know that we can develop faith where we need to. So let's turn to Mark 4. And that's all the notes I have because everything else is going to come right from my textbook. Oh, my scribbles. It may take me a minute to read my scribbles, but I've got years worth of that I've transferred into my new Bible This is the parable of the sower. If you're going to grow something, you've got to sow something. So if you need to grow faith in an area, you're going to have to plant the seed for that. You're going to have to choose to sow that in your heart, sow that word in your heart. Jesus is talking to the multitude, and he 
he gives this whole parable starting in verse 3 about a sower going out to sow and about how some fell on the wayside and the fowls of the air came in and devoured it up and and it's it's in a story and then later the disciples came to him and they said we need to know the meaning of this we need to know the meaning of this story and in verse 13 he said to them know you not this parable and how then will you know all parables this parable is key to understanding the kingdom of God it, we need to know this seed time and harvest it was established in Genesis if we're going to have a harvest of something, we need to be sowing something. It's a principle that runs all through the word. And so he starts to, to explain this parable to them. And so that's where we'll start. We, you can read the above later, but we're going to go to the part where he puts it where they can understand it. Verse 14 says, the sower sows the word. That's what the seed is in this parable. It's the word of God. The sower sows the word. That is... Greek, logos. Okay, it's not rhema here, it's logos. The sower sows the word. And these are there by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. You know, the good news is, is that he gives seed to the sower. The scripture tells us that. He's given us his word. This is his seed, and there is no shortage of seed. You can sow as much of this in your heart as you want to. It's, that's totally up to us. So when it says the sower sows the word, you've got it. It's not something he's already provided. Seed to the sower. I'm a sower. You're a sower. You're here tonight. You're, you're here to hear the word. And it says some of these seeds fall by the wayside. That We're talking about the soil here. We're talking about the ground here. And these seeds fall by the wayside. We would have, where I grew up at in, in southern Arkansas, we'd have called this a turn row. Right? It, it, I'm looking at Tom because he was older than me living in England, Arkansas. I was younger. In case y'all didn't know, we, all, we came from the same town. Uh, they followed us, and we're glad. Uh, the seed fell on the turn row. Well, the turn row is not prepared to receive seed. It's hard. It's packed. The field is plowed, but the turn row is not plowed. And so when some of this word, some of this seed fell by the wayside where the word is sown, but when they heard it, Satan came immediately and took away the word that was sown in their hearts. When, when the seed is not in good soil, the seed's not bad. The soil just is not prepared to produce. The seed's guaranteed. It's the soil that's the issue. And here's what religion does. Religion wants to blame everything on God. Why did God not? Why didn't God? I prayed this and why didn't God? We've got to get past that religious mass. 
the seed is good. You can, you can take seed that's been in a shed a long time and take it out in good soil, and that seed hadn't produced for 20 years, but you can take it and put it in good soil, and it'll produce. The seed's good. God's word is good. But this just fell on an area that was not prepared to receive, and it says Satan came immediately. And in this, on the side of my Bible, and I always say this, we have to be prepared to handle the immediately. Because Satan came immediately to what? To take away the word that was sown in their hearts. Why? Because the enemy knows if the word takes root in you, it's going to produce in you. So the point is to get it immediately. What's easier to pull out of the ground? A sapling or a three-year-old tree? Right. So the sooner he can come against that word, and this is what it means when he comes to take the word, he'll come against that word, try to make it look it's not true. Try to make it, you know, you're, you're believing God for, for provision. You've got a bill that, that hadn't been able to be paid, and, and you know that God's your provider, and you've got seed in the ground. You're a giver. Uh, you, you know the laws of God. You know how his provision works, and you've done what he said. And then, boom, you know, you have a flat, and they can't just fix it. They've got to replace the tire. And if you're going to replace that tire, well, you might as well replace that's Satan coming immediately, still word. And it's in those adverse circumstances. Cannot, can God not provide enough for you to get a new tire? But in those moments, what do we say is important? What's our response to adverse circumstances? Those moments are crucial because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth, so our mouth, our words, is a great indicator of where we are in faith. Because if, if we get bumped and what comes out is the word, that's great. But if we get bumped and fear and doubt comes out, we've got work to do. But the good news is we can do the work. We can do the work. It can be developed. So Satan comes immediately. Always prepare new Christians for the immediately. When they hear the word and they're like, oh, man, that's great. Prepare them for the immediately. Satan comes immediately to take away the word that was sown in their hearts. Then the next soul, it says in verse 16, These are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, have you noticed every single one of these have heard the word? When they've heard the word, immediately they receive it with gladness. Joy is an indicator of reception. It's an indicator that you've received the word. Immediately, they receive it with gladness. But they have no root in themselves. They hadn't had enough time to get established in it. They're excited about it. They've heard the word. You've heard the word. You're excited about it. This is a great thing. And you're feeling good about it but you hadn't really been established in it. You remember those days when you, you heard something new, you were excited about it, but you hadn't been established in it? Since they had no root in themselves, and so they endure but for a time. They start off, but they don't finish. 
They start off, but they don't let it finish. You remember when we talked about patience a couple of weeks ago? That by faith and patience they inherited the promise? Endurance is a key part to faith. They endured only a short time. Why? Because they didn't have roots established. I think after the storms Sunday, uh, we have a little bit of understanding about the importance of deep roots. Afterward, when affliction and persecution arise for the word's sake, here we go. This is the importance of the word. The enemy's after the word. He knows the importance of the word. When affliction and persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. I love something Keith Moore said about this verse. He said, they're quick to receive, but they're quick to quit. And that's how it is sometimes when you first start in faith because you don't have your roots established. But let's recognize it. If you're new to, to faith or you're new to an area of the word and, and you're trying to develop your faith for it, recognize, look at this so we recognize it when Satan comes that that's what's happening and it'll help you to endure that, that persecution and affliction. Affliction simply means trouble or pressure. When trouble or pressure are applied against what you're believing, they quit. Or when persecution, which means persistence or annoyance, a lot of times that comes through people. Persecution a lot of times comes through people. When that comes against what you're believing, then you quit. I shouldn't say you quit. Some people quit. <laughs> When those things come, they arise for the word's sake. Immediately they are offended or tripped up. In fact, uh, Matthew 13 says, by and by they are offended. So it's like little things start slipping in. Persecution, affliction, pressures uh, start coming against what you're believing, irritating you to the point of quitting. Not who we are. Verse 19, I'm sorry, verse 18. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word. There we go. They heard the word, every one of them. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things enter in and choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Who? You know what this, this area of ground tells me? It was working. It, it, something was coming up. And then distractions happened. And it choked what was, what was working. And, and I, I don't even know who said this, but I had it in my notes and I, I thought it was good. So I, I think I moved it over to this Bible. Yes, I did. That when you choke something... It's unable to speak. You stop speaking. So when things start coming in, try to choke the word, and you notice that you've stopped speaking the word, pay attention. It's trying to choke the word to where it's unfruitful in your life. You know how you beat that? You get mad and you say what the word says. If somebody... If, 
if Brett came up here and put his hands around my neck and started choking me, I'm not just going to sit here and be choked. We're going we're gonna to try some, some Susan on you. <laughs> I remember when, my, when I was little and my brother, my big brother would hold me down. And I'd take it for a little bit and then I would say, I'm getting that funny feeling. And when I'd say, I'm getting that funny feeling, that meant all parts are now in session. And I'm fixing to come up out of here. So, you know, we need a little bit of that in our faith life. You're not going to choke the word out of me. You're not going to shut down me speaking the word and keeping my faith going. Sometimes we've got to get a little bit of fight back in us and not let all of these distractions move in. The cares of this world, that simply means distractions. It can mean anxiety. They come in and they distract you from the word, distract you from building on the word from quoting the word, from listening to the word. It can, this, you know, this can just be life, time, busyness, cares of this world. The deceitfulness or the delusion of riches. Well, I don't have time to study the, study the word. I've got to work. That's a delusion. Yes, work. It's in the plan of God. It's a blessing, not a curse. It was before the, the fall of man, God called Adam to work. I don't think he called Eve to work, but I can't find it in there. I'm, I'm trying to enforce that. But, but the deceitfulness of riches is not riches. It's the delusion of riches. And a lot of times that's where our busyness comes from. And then we get too busy. And, y'all, the more the word produces in your life and all those things are added to you, Blessings just come after the righteous. And when you walk in wisdom, things just come. You just can't help it. When you walk in wisdom, when you operate in the laws of God, things just come. But the more things you get, the more apt you are to be tempted to have the delusion of riches. Money management takes a lot of time. Don't think that it, may, that it frees up your time. It's sheep. <laughs> You've got to look over your flock. And it takes time. So we've got to be careful that we don't let the delusion, the deceitfulness of riches move in or the lust of other things. Now that, that word lust there, it just means longing, desires for other things. You know, a lot of times once we get in the Word and we get faith established, we just we desire more, we desire this, we desire that, and we, we leave off the very thing that produces in our life. And we, we let it get choked out when it's the life. Let the life get choked out of us when we get the Word choked out of us. So we got to pay attention to those things when we're building our faith. When it comes in and it chokes the Word, it makes the Word that was working Become unfruitful. Become unfruitful. That tells me it was fruitful, but when we let these things move in, it becomes unfruitful. It was working. <laughs> it was working. And, and then we let these things move in, and it becometh unfruitful, the very thing that was producing in our life. 
Let me make sure I didn't leave anything off there because, oh, that choked the word. It crowds out the word. And that goes along with what Cherie said in last week's review. You know, if, if we're so full of other things, where is the room for faith? We've got to make room for faith to be developed. I think that was it on my, let me read upside down for a minute here. Make sure I got it all. Okay. Verse 20. And these are they which are sown on good ground. That's where we want to be, right? Such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit. Some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. Luke, Luke 8, which is the parallel scripture to this in the Gospels, says, bring forth fruit with patience in his version, which goes back to what we taught a couple of weeks ago. So you're, you're receiving the word, you're keeping the word. Receiving the word, you're keeping the word, and you're bringing forth fruit. You're keeping it to the point that it's productive. That's where we want to be. And then it gives these different levels, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. Genesis 8.22 talks about seed, time, and harvest. And all of these other grounds don't bring anything to completion. They either don't even let it get started or they quit before it's finished. But seed time and harvest is necessary it's a principle of God and he tells us in Genesis 8 that it's going to be that way as long as the earth remains so when we start off in faith we need to be determined that Jesus is the author and the finisher of it and that we're not going to let any of these things in between hinder us we're going to let patience have her perfect work that we talked about a couple of weeks ago and bring forth fruit to the harvest point 30 fold 60 fold and a hundred fold. Now you can go down to verse 24 and get some answer on that 30, 60, and a hundred. I believe this part is key. A lot of people have questions about that. How do I get the hundred fold? How do I get, you know, why is there 30 fold? Well, part of it has to do with the condition of the soil. But listen to this in verse 24. Well, verse 23 is important. If any man has ears to hear, listen. (laughs) Let him hear. Take heed what you hear. With what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you. And unto you that hear shall more be given. For he that hath to him shall be given And he that hath not, from him shall be taken even that which he has. Take heed what you hear. And and I remember Mary Wardlaw back in the day saying this many years ago. The same scoop that you scoop with is the same scoop that it's measured back to you in. So the amount of attention, who has the Amplified? Or Billy, can you pull it up for me? I think it's the Amplified that does so good on um, Matthew, I mean, sorry, Mark 4, 24. 
Be careful what you're hearing. The measure of thought and study that you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. And more besides will be given to you who hear. For to him who has will more be given. And from him who has nothing, even what he has will be taken away by force. Isn't that good? The amount of measure, the measure of thought and study that you give to the word determines what you get out of the word. There's your 30, 60, 100. Well, you know, that person just has great faith. Yes, but you can have great faith. I can have great faith. The amount of study and thought that I give to the word determines what is brought out out of the word to me. And he says, look, if you're hungry for it and, and, and you hear, those that hear, more will be given. So there's, there's layers. There's layers in this book. There's, there's layers of wisdom and knowledge. And he says, if you're seeking it, and you're giving it your thought and your attention, it's going to multiply. He's just going to take you deeper and deeper according to the amount of thought and study that we're willing to give the word. How I ended up in Isaiah, I don't know. I preached myself over there, I guess. Isn't that good? Isn't that hope to me? So is the kingdom of God, verse 26, as if a man should cast seed into the ground. So is the kingdom of God. He's given us the keys to the kingdom. He's given us the code, the access code. This is how it works, ladies and gentlemen. The kingdom of God is as if a man should cast seed into the ground and should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow. He knoweth not how. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn, that's the development, the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he putteth in the sickle, because the harvest is come. There is a processed faith. And, and we don't need to be down if we're, if we're at the beginning of it. But we're going to stay until harvest. We're going to stay till manifestation. We're not going to quit in the process. And this is where we really need to work on as the body of Christ, encouraging one another. Especially when people are in long battles. Long processes. Because time is the, gives us the temptation to quit. And so when you know people, and, and we might talk about this as a body once we turn the recording off. You know, we have people right here in our body that are going through long processes. And it's easy to get discouraged. And if you're discouraged tonight and, and you want somebody to, to partner with you and be an encouragement to you, there are people here that would love to do that. They would love to do it in prayer. They would love to send you a text. They would love to, to visit with you, go have a cup of coffee with you. Uh, whatever you need, this is the beauty of the body of Christ. When we see these these cares and these 
these anxieties coming on people that's there to get the word. It's not a personality defect. It's not a personality defect. The enemy's trying to steal the word from their life, and the word is what will produce life in them. And so we need to pay attention and not walk away from somebody and say, well, they're in a bad mood. We've got to be more mature than that, me included. We've got to be more mature than that and realize and see Satan comes immediately. Every bit of ground, he comes after the word. He comes for the word's sake. We can help each other with that. So we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more when we turn off the recording. But first, I want to hear from y'all. I actually quit early tonight. I know. Tanya will be wondering if she can get enough for the radio show out of that. My dad used to get really upset with me. Not really upset, but he was, he, back in the day we had these things called cassette tapes. And my dad would fill a 90-minute cassette tape when he would preach. Now that was before the age of um, screen change. And, and this generation is used to things changing very quickly. In fact, they tell us that their attention span is just, I mean, it's under 30 minutes. Because they're so, you young people, um, you kids, um, and some of you adults that are used to being on devices, you know, it's like we need something flashing up here or something uh, because the attention span's not the same. And so I would teach for like, when I first started, I would teach like for 30 minutes. And now, now we have to do that again. But and my dad would be like, you wasted you wasted 60 minutes of that cassette tape. You know, you're going to have to work on making your messages longer. So I think about him when I'm short-winded. But now it's all digital, and we don't have to worry about how long we are. We can be short or long. Kelly? God pretty well knows what he's doing, because I just got done watching a long sermon on this parable today. Awesome. And one of the things that stood out, even based on what you said, is if you go back to verse 4 in chapter 4 it says and it happened as he sowed that some of the seed fell by the wayside and the birds of the air came to devour it if you go into verse 15 and it says and there are those at the ones by the wayside where the word was sown when they hear it satan comes immediately and takes it away yeah a visual you can have for yourself is is that if if you take the thought captive that he's trying to take away this, the, the ground and the seed that you've been given, is, is it a bird? Is it a raven? And it's coming and it's picking at it. Because that's his goal is to pick at everything that the Lord has given you for you to be able to cultivate and to grow. Yeah. So when you start recognizing it, you rebuke it and you stand on. The other thing that he had said is that The best way to look at reading the Bible and staying in his word and developing faith is information, brings revelation, brings transformation upon application. That's good. So if you read it and then you start to apply it, the enemy now cannot take it because you've already started applying it to your life. That's awesome. And you learn how to do that. That's that's good. It's it's an ongoing process. It's part of the refinement of all of us. You were saying, you know, that you have great faith in one area and weak faith in another. 
well, it's refinement. Our whole goal is is to have great faith all the way across. Right. But we're also fleshly and we're also human, so therefore we're going to need to have the support of the, the body of Christ yeah. to be able to help us in those weak moments, in those long stretches, and, and in that idea of the, of the question of, have you read your Bible today? Yes. Did you read something out of it? Because without reading it, you don't want to read it. Right. You come up with excuses not to. So then it becomes easier not to. Well, then what happens? He takes whatever seeds are planted and it goes away and then you have to start all over again. It's not that you can't grow. You just take two steps forward versus, or two steps backwards versus one step forward. Yeah. But I loved it that it was information creates revelation, creates transformation, transformation. through application. That's good. That's really good. Next week, we're going to start off watching Dr. Caroline Leaf. And, and I, I can't wait. It'll be, it'll be 15 minutes, but she is going to walk us through this parable by the brain and tell us why, show us scientifically. She's going to let the word prove Science proved the word, and the word proved science and how they work together. It is phenomenal. Charlotte's getting it ready for us, and we're going to watch it. We'll probably need to test it and make sure we can see it okay on the screen. Uh, but it is going, you're going to eat it up. And if you're not going to get to be here, because I know you're going back and forth between states, let me know, and we'll get it sent to you. I'll send you the whole teaching anyway. I'm just going to click out this portion where she's talking about this parable. It is revelation i love her relation and you'll see um, how long something stays in the brain and why it's important that we hold on to it longer until it becomes a permanent memory a lasting memory instead of something that only lasts 48 hours uh, i've got all kind of notes on mark but Right at the top, I wrote, don't struggle for faith. Struggle for the time to hear the word. Faith comes by hearing the word. You can only get out of the word what you put the importance on. That's good. That's it. And, and then on verse 28, where you're talking about the ear, the, the crop and stuff, it's, mm -hmm. beside it, I've got, let your seeds stay planted and keep planting one step at a time. That's good. Don't, don't dismay steps in the process and when we've talked about the process of faith so many times with Abraham uh, he's still called the father of our faith and it was process bringing him to great faith was a process that God was willing to walk him through so if, if you're at a place where you have no faith so was the father of our faith <laughs> so you know God is willing to help us with the process that's good I should have just handed you the mic you could have said this whole thing in one sentence 